regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the only comedy podcast recorded and broadcast live from inside my multi-million euro cryogenic stasis tank. Following the explosive energy of episode 500, the regular features boys have each entered a deep, sleep-like state known as torpor. Per plosives for peas. You can think of it as a kind of induced hibernation or some kind of inverse chrysaloid, where we begin as beautiful butterflies and re-emerge as squirming protozoic podworms, primed and reset and ready for another century of features. This process requires an enormous amount of meditative energy, and it all happens here inside the wet sarcophagus that is my own rejuvenation station. Let me give you some idea of what my rejuvenation station looks and feels like, as well as features, price, release date, and UK availability. From the inside, I see nothing but pitch darkness, as though I am floating somewhere in the depths of outer space, suspended in the vast nothingness between galaxies, where no light can reach, not even a nebula. I am experiencing an absolute stillness of the body and of the mind, of my physical pipes and of my mental gut parts, as I bob around weightlessly in a pale white liquid that would kill me if I drank even a drop. An HDMI cable runs from my navel to a central processing unit embedded in the wall of the tank that monitors my brainwaves, heartbeat, and whether I have drank enough water today. This is a message from your spaces part. Hydration is important. Please drink some water now. Note, do not drink the thin white flotation fluid your body is currently suspended in. It has been specially treated with banned chemicals, and if even a single ounce of it were to enter your body, your organs would become faintly buoyant and come bubbling up out of your throat one after the other like a meaty parade. <clears throat> ah, refreshing. Now, you might be thinking, hey, this sounds a lot like a sensory deprivation tank. But there's one big difference between that thing and the other one. I am not being deprived of any senses. In fact, I've got more senses than I've ever had before. And a few I bet you've never even heard of. There's sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing, you know, all of those. But in here, I've got 2020 glaring, the ability to trench at will, a heightened sense of bagatage, nusicience, plerephemy, and cramble, cradle, cradle. Uh, I couldn't even begin to explain to you what all of those do, much as one could not explain a sunset to an alien who had no eyes and was just a big faith. As well as all of those things that I just said to fill up the time between features, I am being constantly bombarded with sensory input from a variety of external sources, including the 200 megabit Virgin Media router, through which I and the other regular features boys can communicate while we recuperate. We call it commuperating, and it's happening right now. Here's Joe! 
I did a feature and I liked it. I hope my boyfriend don't mind it. <laughs> it's that time of year again, reader. Can you smell the linseed oil upon the strings? Hear the squeak of rubber upon the parquet? Hear the chatter between businessmen who are saying, Let's have a bloody quick bash round here, then go to the horse and two for a couple of nose blasts of pokey smoky, maybe a heave-ho of neck oil. Ah! Yes, it's almost time for yet another annualised instalment of audio-only virtual squash computer gaming. Or it would be if we hadn't run into enormous licensing issues. I know that we at the Regfeet Sports Division had promised you our latest game entitled Squash, colon, The Journey 5, hyphen, Dual Nationality 2, semicolon, doubles, troubles, part, de, ellipsis, what a racket, exclamation mark, slash, slash, final coda, slash, slash, court summons. Unfortunately, we will not be able to bring you our intended game, or any other game, in the Squash the Journey series. Sadly, it turns out that World Squash Federation President Zena Wooldridge OBE read the news about FIFA demanding that EA pay them $1 billion for naming rights, which meant I got a fucking call from Xena saying we never even asked to call our game Squash, and that if we wanted to keep calling it Squash, we'd need to buy her, in her words, a slap-up dinner. Naturally, I refused, but Xena insisted, saying, if you want to call your bloody game bloody Squash, then you're going to buy me a bloody ZZ, or better, actually. I responded on my feet and said, what does OBE stand for? Annoying bloody idiot. And she hung up. Later, she sent me an email that was just a gif of Oprah flipping the bird. And that actually frightened me a bit, because I don't think Oprah's ever flipped the bird in public. So what if Zena Wooldridge OBE knows Oprah personally and asked to film her flipping up a bad bird? Oprah could be a devastating ally for the Squash Federation. So I'm sorry, but that's it. Squash the journey is dead. But we at Regfeet Sports will not be cowed. We might not own the name, and we might not own the rights to recreate the rackets, or the courts, and we might not be able to use the name Jonah Mr. Squash Barrington, and we certainly can't talk about our hero, Clive Nationality, or his nemesis, Simon Simonman, after we named a couple of stars after them, and then the Squash Federation bought the mining rights to those stars' solar systems, and we can't even refer to the village of Throcking in Hertfordshire, which has appeared in a number of games, because they named it a site of international squash heritage and our claim on even representing demons in the game is pretty shaky because demons are now so intrinsically tied to the idea of squash such was the success of squash the journey that mr garofalo up in regfeet's legal said to give demons a wide berth that's how he speaks he says things like give demons a wide berth please oh it's more my jobs got wings on it like demon but the spirit of creativity lives on in our studio we will make another game a better game a game i like to call squish the game about breaking all the windows in xena wooldridge's obe's big house
Welcome to Squish, a legally distinct sport that is about taking big turds or bricks or bits of old takeaway and chucking them directly through the windows of houses and hoping the person who sticks their head out to go, What on earth are you doing chucking this box of chow mein through my sash? is Xena Wooldridge OBE. In the game, it's not clear why you're doing this, and Xena Wooldridge is played by a digitised Lance Reddick to give us some legal breathing room. But if you do a bit of googling, you'll work it out. As the player, you're equipped with a Toyota Yaris, which you can use to cruise around town looking for overflowing bins and smashable winds does. Currently, you have three destination options, and can select one by simply shouting Squish! into the cold night sky. You can choose from a rundown shack by the side of the motorway, a pretty suburban bungalow, a big mansion that looks like it houses someone who might have won an OBE once. Squish! You've selected the big mansion. You slow to a stop outside the big mansion, surveying a scene of opulence. You can hear jazz coming out of all the chimneys. There are hundreds of chimneys, and jazz of all kinds is pouring out of them like a liquid made of brass fart. Could this be Xena Wooldridge OBE's big mansion? All things through Squish are possible. Now you need to decide what to chuck at the windows. You can choose from A. A rectangular box that looks like it may once have housed some kind of implement for hitting a tiny war ball at a wall ball, but which you cannot describe further because Mr. Garofalo from Regfeet's Legal said, Don't even fucking try to describe what squash is or what a racket is, because if you do, I'll be up to my fucking neck in judges. B. A discus of fresh ham. Or C. A bit of mud with a rock in the middle. Squish! An excellent choice, if I do squish so myself. You palm a bit of mud with a rock in the middle and approach the big mansion. An array of windows lay before you, each more tempting than the last to throw a bit of mud with a rock in the middle at. But which will you aim at first? Do you choose A, a porthole like if a sailor had... Squish! You've chosen the porthole. Now choose your power level by saying squish quietly and then getting louder and louder until you feel it's powerful enough for which to break a window. You hurl your mud at the porthole. It breaks the sound barrier on the way as if announcing that it has come time to squish. The window is annihilated and you earn a coin, which you will be able to spend later on upgrading shoes. Squish! Oh no, I, I did say later. You can't get to the menu yet. Squish! Okay, you're in the shoes menu. There's a pair of alligator skin spats. Squish! You buy the alligator skin spats. Squish! Right, you exit back into the main game, but you need to go to the clubhouse to change into your new spats, which would mean exiting this area. Squish! Would mean exiting this area and going to the Yaris. Going to the Yaris! Squish! Squish? No. Squish. No, you're being silly. Squish. No, behave and we'll put on the spats in a bit. We'll put on the spats in a bit. Squish. Are you going to play properly? Are you going to play properly? Squish. Okay. We're not going to the... Squish. 
We're not going to the clubhouse at now, okay? Squish! No! The Splats will be there later. At the moment, we've got... Squish! We will, at the moment... Squish! You are the worst fucking Squish playtester I have ever... I didn't mean to yell. Okay? Just very upset with Xena Wooldridge OBE. I didn't mean to yell. I just want to make the game about smashing up bits of her house. Do you want a hint about which window to throw mud with a rock in the middle at? Squish. Okay. You just need to aim for the window that is the size of a, of a Boeing. Squish. And you need to go medium power. Squish. Okay. So the big window, medium power. Squish. Okay. Which window will you aim for? Is it the window in the shape of a painting of a Baroque master? Is it the window that looks like an old haunted house with cobwebs? Or is it the window the size of a Boeing and just as thick? Squish! Choose your power. Squish. Your mud with a rock in the middle hurls at the perfect trajectory. It knocks a tiny disc of glass out of the bowing window, like when a guy with a big suction cup and a laser does it in a movie about breaking in to a glass building with a suction cup. The rock continues unabated and lands into the workings of the big mansion's generator, instantly shutting all the power off. The jazz ceases sliming out of the chimneys, and all you hear is a distant sound. It's the unmistakable sound of Xena Wildridge OBE getting the fucking hump. Who on earth has turned off my power? I was watching... A game of snooker, because I'm not dedicated to the sport I actually do the Federation for. That marks the end of our vertical slice demo of our new game, Squish, the game about breaking all the windows in Xena Wooldridge OBE's big house. We hope you've enjoyed this demo, and will consider investing in our new project. That is, unless you're Xena Wooldridge. If it is Xena Wooldridge playing this game, you better watch out. I'll just make this game bigger. I'll keep adding more windows to your house, and we'll smash them all. And it's not even a properly designed game. If you go to any of the other houses, it just says they don't have windows anymore, because they've all fallen out or been eaten by bats. And so you just have to go to the house that is obviously your house, Xena, and we'll keep smashing more and more windows. And I'll add patches. I'll add patches to this, and we'll just keep smashing more and more windows in your virtual house, and you'll still be played by Lance Reddick, which might seem like flattery, but it's not really, though, is it? Because what's he been in? Fringe and Horizon Zero Dawn? It's not like he... It's not like fucking... McAvoy? You're not being played by James McAvoy? We've got Lance Reddick playing you. 
So unless you retract the need for a slap-up dinner and let us do squash the journey again, I'm just going to keep smashing up a house that I've made up is yours, Xena. If that is your real name, which it is, because you're on LinkedIn. And at the time of recording, you've been World Squash Federation president for a year and nine months. And for the avoidance of legal doubt, this feature is about a fictionalised version of Xena Waldridge. Okay, that's probably fine. We can get away with it. So that's uh, the end of the demo, or the feature, or the legal disclaimer. I think I've covered us. That's probably fine. Steve, delete this if it's damaging. Squeeze! Regular features, regular features, regular features now. <laughs> That's awful. Wow, what an incredible feature. You don't need a keen sense of bagatage to tell that Joe's cryogenic restoration is coming along very nicely indeed. His rejuvenation tank is hooked up to a silo of warm, nutrient-rich gruel, which is being pumped at incredibly high pressure into his airtight pod chamber to fatten him up from a grub into a bastard. You may be wondering what my stasis tank looks like from the outside. Well, I'll tell you. It is a long, white tube, about as big as a Nissan Almera. It has a window on the front of it so you can take a good old look at me, but not for long because it also has six monster truck wheels, and it's driving at 70 miles per hour through the Channel Tunnel on its way to The Hague to testify about a crime. There's a little flag on top of it, and it plays very loud organ music all the time. But you wouldn't know any of that from inside here, where the only sound is the sound of the soothing meditation words I have programmed the tank to say to me, as my jellified goop body coalesces around my newly forming skeleton. Albatross. These words help to ground me. Petrol station. As the trauma of my conscious rebirth. Size well be. And the physical agony of growing all of my teeth and nails in under two hours. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Would otherwise leave permanent scars on my psyche. Dog racing. And I would emerge from my stasis chamber... A burly recognisable shadow... Dover to Calais. ...of the person... War crimes. ...I once... Spoofered. ...was... Ah, oh, I feel fantastic. And what's this? There's a fresh commooperation slithering into my belly button through the greasy pod pipes. This one's from Log. Let's take a listen. Let's have let's have a listen. Take a look. Let's have a listen. Have a listen. Hello. It's Log. Yeah, that's right, Loggy Baby. After the unrelenting stratospheric high of the live show last week, I have been finding it hard to adjust to normal life. The worst thing, apart from the absolute absence of adulation that defines my day-to-day -day life, is that without the framing of a feature, I no longer have an excuse to ask really hot blokes to do and say stuff for me. 
I keep offering Stuart a fiver to say juicy plops, but he refuses. He just walks off. He's a bad boyfriend. And while we're on the subject of my absolutely rubbish real life, it has come to my attention that one of the regular features readers last week went up to a member of staff, my staff, what I own, and asked them, what's it like working for Log? Hmm. Now, I know what that person was getting at. The question they were really asking is, is the embarrassing perpetual adolescent known as Log able to get his shit together for a single moment and act like a business professional? Or does he scream, Carol, you whore, at every woman who gets anywhere near the front door of his pub? I understand. Luckily, the member of staff who fielded this question was smart enough to shut the fuck up and report this question directly to me. I placed my hand heavily on their shoulder and said, You did well, before blowing gently into their eyes until they fell asleep. As a matter of fact, in all seriousness, two members of staff have actually got their job at the King Billy because they came in and mentioned regular features. And I thought, well, they can only be pleasantly surprised, can't they? And anyway, if you want to know what it's like to work for me, you should have just asked. I, could, I would have told you then, and I can tell you right now, in fact, I will tell you right now, in this feature, what it is like to work for me. Mondays. Everybody here Monday, so I make Monday fun by talking like this. Shelf time. 2pm is shelf time. That means it's time to pull all the glasses off the shelves, crawl into the spaces you just made and have a little sleep. And you win bonus wages if you write your dreams in the accident book and you use the secret word. The secret word is sex. Wages. Personally, I think it's vulgar to talk about money, which is why I pay my staff in titty twisters. You get your titties twisted 10 degrees for every hour you worked that week, which doesn't sound much, but it really mounts up. For a full working week, that's a complete nipsy rotation, which can actually unlock the tit, making a ding-ding-ding sound that summons the pub dog, Hans Olbermann. Are you allowed to drink on the job? When I worked in pubs as a barman and not the local god character, the worst thing about it was dealing with everyone else being drunk while you had to stay sober. Unfairsies! That's why I insist on everyone being hammered at all times. If I drink, you drink. Some people call this controlling or abusive. I call it being the life and soul of the party and lots of fun. And if you don't like it, I'll isolate you from your support networks and tell you you're ugly. The days of the week. To make the days of the week seem more exciting, I've implemented a strict naming convention. Mondays are fun days. Tuesdays are booze days. Wednesdays are friends days, as long as your friends aren't teetotal losers who can't let their hair down. Thursdays are grrrrs days, because we're all hungover from friends day. Time to get back on the booze quick, before the hangover takes root and kills you. Fridays are why days, where we ask the important questions. Why not mix it up with a big wine? Why have you got that severed finger in your pocket? Why can't you feel your legs? Why did they call it Dawson's Creek and not Awesome Dawson's Freaky Creaky? Saturdays are spatterdays, and that's when you wake up choking as the unswallowed vomit slips down your neck. You're fresh out of Listerine, so you glug down a quarter bottle of vodka as an impromptu mouthwash. But the vodka doesn't take, so you cough it out onto the bathroom mirror. And that's why we call it spatter day.
And of course, Sundays are mum days, where mums get 50p off a Campari and soda if they can take a 360 titty twister from the nipple pliers of the pub robot, Guglielmo Nuts and Bolts. If I hear you say the normal days of the week, such as Monday or Tuesday or the rest, you will be designated the Hobbit for the day. The Hobbit for the day gets carried around on a palanquin, which sounds nice, but everyone knows why you're in the palanquin and they're not allowed to look at you or smile. Because if they do, I'll have to break their arms with the pub swan, Harold Burdock. And it's all your fault because you knew the rules. That's it. That is what it is like to work for me. So if you want to work for me at the King Billy, just drop in a CV and show me your peanut collection. Wow, thank you, Log. What a great feature. And my pod dashboard tells me that your restoration process is already 7% complete, which means that your body has turned from a slick brown oil to a sort of lumpy pink stew with all of the virtues and failings of a brilliant man. Clicking to your stats page, a flashing white tab tells me you've unlocked the ability to give B names. That's great, because if you like this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing. And if you do, you will get access to our Discord channel, which we call the Beehive, and it's where all the bees hang out. But better than that, oh my god, better than that, we will take your human name Tear it up, eat it, and spit out back at you your very own bee name. Log, my beautiful man, friend, connected to me through my belly button and a scart lead. Could you please give a bee name to the following new patrons? Please give a bee name to Charles Rowe. Hello, welcome to the King Billy Cellar. What you can hear in the background is the sound of the fans keeping the beer cool and tasty for my customers to drink. Um, I'm going to give a bee name now to Charles Rowe. My first thought, of course, was row, row, row your boat full of bees into the lake of fire. Then, no, I thought, no, Rose is obvious. Go with columns. I'm going to have Columbia Massacre. Be, um, then I thought, no, bit edgy. And I thought Columbia has a flower market in London. So I thought, petals, there's loads of petals there. Charles Rowe, your bee name is Petals Aplenty. Please give a bee name to Daniel O'Connor. Daniel O'Connor, your bee name is Bee Love on the Down Low. Please give it, oh, hang on, there's a, uh, oh, there's a, an in, there's a message coming through from... Hang on, I'll, I'll patch him through. I'm going to patch him through. I also have to give uh, an expedited bee name to Mike Orvis for all his sterling work doing the live show with me. His bee name, Mike Orvis, your bee name is... Mike Orvid brings all the bees to the yard. Damn right. It's a bird that caws. Of course, of course Mike Orvis needs a bee name. Log, could you please... Hang on, there is another message coming through from Log. Let me just patch him through my belly button to your ears right now. Yes, so sorry about the sound quality for these. Like I said, I'm in the cellar with all the background noise, and I honestly don't know how other podcasts do it. All the other podcasts just must be serving warm beer, I guess. Yes. Log, please give a bee name to Joe Percy. Joe Percy, your bee name is based on the eternal dilemma of a bee when it approaches a flower. Should I stamen or should I govery? Apparently, plants have ovaries. Who knew? 
And finally, Astrid Reynolds. I've moved into the upstairs of the pub now, so while there are no um, cellar fans, we do have a little bit of background music. Um, I've got name in front of me here, Astrid Reynolds. And Astrid is a name that means divinely beautiful. So you deserve a divinely beautiful bee name. And yours is... I have six taints, each with a more potent musk than the last. Wow, thank you, Log, for that fantastic beginning. And Astrid, congratulations on what I would say is going to be a top top 17 B names of all of the ones that we've given and if you, if you would if you would if you would if you would like your own B name you can go to patreon.com and help us out but if you can't help us out that's also good just please keep listening we're going to be back next week with another episode we're all going to have our fingers and toes and our mouths and we're all going to be speaking at you with our fully formed human bodies wearing our old skins again like like a like a like a one of those you know when a wasp infects a slug and that makes a slug march around and um go up to the top of a leaf so a bird can eat it that's a thing that i've i heard once that um some parasitic wasps do that um we won't do did i threaten to do that to you just now i can't remember i've been in this sensory deprivation tank for quite some time. And I'm beginning to think I might. Uh, maybe I've always been here. Maybe I've always. Hello. Ha. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to the. Uh, here's a song. I'm going to sing a little song. And I want you to know that I'm always here. And I'm waiting for you at the other side. And I'm waiting for you at the other side. Baby, baby, when I look at you. And when I take it up, I do. And you're looking for me too. That's what I'm thinking about you. Oh, 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 baby, what I'm thinking about you. Oh, oh, baby, what I'm thinking about you. I don't wanna say how many taking me home. We're gonna go back there. Baby gonna be
a good time.